Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Irvindale. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Today we conclude Mike's message on Luke. The Messiah had to come through the line of David to fulfill this prophecy. Matthew gives us Joseph's line and shows how he is a descendant of David. Luke gives us Mary's line and shows how she is a descendant of David. Jesus came physically through Mary and was adopted by Joseph. Therefore, by both natural and national law, Jesus is a rightful son of David and legally eligible to take the throne. Why do I share those for some insignificant points with you today? Because it proves that God left no stone unturned, no prophecy unfulfilled, no detail unattended. In ways that only he can perform, he brought a sinless, rightful heir to David's throne and to his kingdom. He brought him into the world and Gabriel informs Mary that her son will be the fulfillment of these things. Can you imagine receiving that kind of news? Your son's name will be Yahweh saves. He will be great not because of what he does. He'll be great because of who he is. And by the way, who is he? He's the son of El Elyon. And he will receive David's throne. And he will rule over a kingdom that will never, ever stop. If you received news like that, how would you respond? Well, how does Mary respond to such unbelievable news? We find that she believes, but she inquires. She believes, but she inquires. It's the opposite of Zechariah. If you remember Zechariah, his response six months earlier when Gabriel told him he, that he and Elizabeth would have a son, his first response was, how can I trust what you tell me? That was his first response. How can I trust what you tell me? How can I know that what you say is true? He wanted a sign. Give me a sign, Gabriel, so that I can know that I can trust you. Gabriel said, fine. You want a sign? Then you can't talk. Your tongue is locked. You won't utter another word until this baby is born. Is that good enough for you? Mary's response quite different. She receives Gabriel's announcement in faith, but she asked him to explain to her how this will happen. And here we come to an excessively important truth point. So if you haven't gotten anything else here this morning, please really rouse yourselves right now and get this one. Put it on the screen. There is no sin in asking God to explain what you don't understand. God is happy to help us understand what we otherwise cannot know. Among many of us, there is this internal thought that it is not a good thing to ask God to explain. And so we don't. And then we kind of walk around in ignorance, making up all kinds of scenarios to explain what we don't understand. Hey, I just want you to know, God is not offended 
when you say, Lord, <laughs> you've given me something here uh, and I don't get it. I don't understand. How can that be? That's not a statement of unbelief. That's a statement of not understanding. And God is thrilled, as any good parent would be, when their child comes and says, would you help me understand? I'm reminded of the words of Jeremiah the prophet, who received this encouragement from God. Call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. God delights to help us understand him, to give us light, light to take our next steps. What he cannot and will not tolerate from his children is unbelief. Unbelief, he can't stand that. But questioning, he doesn't have a problem with. Now let me say that God has answered so many of our questions already. There are many things we don't really have to go to him in prayer and ask him to explain to us because he's given us his revelation. And many of the things that we deal with every single day are already told to us. The problem is, let me, let me just explain a little problem we have, is that we don't always like the answer. We don't like the answer. So we keep acting confused. Okay, Pastor, you read that to me. I understand, but I don't like that, so I'm still confused. God, will you help me understand? He points you back to the world. I didn't like that, God. Could you help me understand? Hey, listen, if you don't like what God tells you, that's your problem. And I don't have anything to give you beyond that. And if we're wise, whether we fully understand it or not, we receive it. It's explained to her how it's going to happen. But do you think it helped her to really, oh, I get it. Okay, no, I think she said, okay, uh, thanks for the answer. Let's see what happens. And she went on. You see, how can I trust you versus how will this happen? Miles apart. Mary only knows one way that a woman can conceive a child. And apparently that's not going to be the way she's going to do it. So she asks for help. And that leads to our final point, the divine empowerer. The Holy Spirit of God is the answer. How will this be since I am a virgin? The answer, the Holy Spirit of God. That's how it will be, the Holy Spirit of God. The same Spirit that hovered over the waters in Genesis 1-1 when the earth was still lifeless and void. The same spirit that gave revelation, skill, and stamina to Noah to build an ark that he had never done anything like that before. The same spirit that fell on Samson and he was able to do supernatural feats of strength. The same spirit that engaged with David, giving him victory after victory, leading Israel to her greatest days at that point as a nation. The same spirit who inspired prophets of old to predict future events that have been fulfilled down to the smallest detail. That spirit, Mary, will come upon you. He will overshadow you. And he will spark in your womb a brand new thing. Divine humanity. 
He will spark in your womb God in the flesh. Now, I want to show you something here that is just really thrilling if, if, you, if, 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 if the Spirit grants you the ability to grasp it. I want you to notice there in verse 35 how the angel says the power of the highest will overshadow you. What does that mean? Well, it's the same word that was used in Matthew, Mark, and Luke to describe the glory cloud that descended upon the mountain when Jesus took Peter, James, and John to witness the breaking forth of his glory through his humanity. It speaks of the manifest presence of God engulfing and encompassing all that is present. So basically what the, what the angel is telling Mary here when she asks, how can this be? I'm a virgin. The, the, Gabriel is saying God is going to engulf you, Mary, by his presence. You ever been engulfed? By the presence of God? I don't think I have. I've experienced something of his presence. I've experienced something of his revelation. But I don't think I've ever, because I don't know that I could continue to talk if I had ever been engulfed. Gabriel's telling her that God is going to engulf you by his presence and he's going to work a work within you that is too grand, too marvelous for words. And the truth point that I bring from this is that God has done no less with each of his children. She's special. Oh, yeah. But guess what? If you're born again today, you and I have received the presence of God in a way she never actually had. We have the Holy Spirit of God permanently filling us, living within us. Us. Do you believe that today? That if you know Jesus, you actually have the Spirit of God living in your very being? Do you know why he's there? Well, he's there in one instance to make sure that your faith stays intact so that you make it all the way. That's one of the reasons. Another reason he's there is to make sure that you have every spiritual resource you need to do whatever God leads and calls you to do. We are not left without resource. We are not left without the power of God. God does not, you've heard me say this before, God does not ask us to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, suck in our gut, and make it happen on our own. That is not what he asks us to do. What he asks us to do is put ourselves completely restfully in his hands and trust that his spirit will give us in the moment what we need to do what he asks us to do. And I can tell you, after 25 years of full-time pastor ministry he has never failed me not one time not once I've worried about it I've sweated over it I've gotten anxious and had breakdowns over it but he's never once failed me he's in me he's in you if you know Jesus what a beautiful truth Which leads me to wrap up by saying this. What a great God Yahweh is. Hmm? What a great God Yahweh is. 
I can't close just yet because I would be remiss if I did not finish with Mary's take on all of this at its conclusion. As only a humble girl from a humble place who is further humbled by the overwhelming grace that she would receive, Mary says this, notice it. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. What an example of faith. What an example of surrender. What an example of obedience. What an example to each of us of the best way to respond to God when he calls. I am your servant. Let your will be done. Can I tell you that this morning God is calling? He is. This morning God is calling out to some. And he's saying, repent. Turn. Turn in faith to Jesus. Let let the sacrifice that he made on the cross, let the blood that was shed as he was crucified be everything to take away your guilt, to take away your transgressions, to reconcile you with the Father. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Bridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission. On Mission.